This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 67. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're joined by Sally Gradle. Sally says that though she is newish to WordPress, she has been on the planet for a while. She lives in Northern Illinois with her husband. They are recent empty nesters and enjoying it. Her hobbies include gardening, knitting and crochet, and cooking. Welcome, Sally. Thanks, I'm glad to be here. Hi, Sally, it's great to see you. Thanks for joining us here in the hallway, virtual hallway. Uh, Can you tell us and everyone listening a little bit more about yourself? Uh, Sure, I'm, um, as you said in the intro, I live in Northern Illinois. I'm about 40 miles straight west of Chicago. And it's kind of the perfect place to live because I can get into the city easily or into the country easily. (laughs) It's just really nice. My WordPress career is actually kind of my second career. I came originally from manufacturing, but kept running into code and processes. So it was kind of a natural evolution to eventually go into uh, working with WordPress and building websites and and, uh, working in programming and things like that. What type of manufacturing? What was the, tell us a little bit more about your, your background. Then. Oh, sure. Uh, there were small manufacturers, uh, generally. Um, one company, the company I worked the longest for made uh, traffic control devices. So traffic cones and barrels and, and message boards and all that kind of stuff you run into in construction. <laughs> yeah. Anything, but there's, but yeah, I would think that message boards and that type of thing. That is, yeah. Uh, how long have those been around? Like uh, quite a while. And actually, as we, as during the time that I worked there, the, the increases and improvements in the technology was pretty amazing. Right, yeah. Just in, in the LED lights, you know, when they first, uh, first came into being, you had to put all kinds of lenses on it, like a lens on a, almost like on a lighthouse to make it brighter. Mm-hmm. But then as LEDs improved, you didn't have to do that. So it's, it's, it's really fascinating to see that ramp up so fast. Yeah. So what, what kind of role did you have in, in that job? Sounds like you were exposed at least to the technology. You talked about how yeah. um, that transit helped you transition. Yeah, I was uh, in office administration mostly. Okay. And being that it was a small company, um, I pretty much was the IT department. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm the one that had the patience to figure things out. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you discover WordPress? I discovered WordPress through uh, Treehouse, which is an online learning um, company. Liam's, Liam's nodding his head. He knows it. Um, and that's uh, where I first started learning um, HTML and CSS and, and all that. And then I saw, oh, they have a course on WordPress. I've heard of that. Let's check it out. And I went through the course and I said, this is it. This is where I want to work and the space I want to be in. So, Was that Zach Gordon's course on tree? Yes. Uh, yes, it was. It was. Zach is amazing. <laughs> He's a great guy. I got a lot of time for him. Yeah. Yeah. We have him here locally in the D.C. area. We're lucky we get to see him now and then. So oh, good. Yeah, but I think probably anybody who's done, who's touched on WordPress has seen Zach on Treehouse at one point or another. Those are great 
Great. Yeah, and I'm working through his uh, Learn JavaScript Deeply course mm. now, too, because we were given that directive. We were given that homework <laughs> to That's learn that. Right. That's right. So do you prefer sort of the the code and development end of stuff, or you you kind of make your you, – you are soup to nuts, unicorn. You make <laughs> websites from scratch, right, and all the way to finish. Uh, yes, I do custom and semi-custom, um, making use of all the tools. I'm not an artist. When I, when I need art direction, things like that, I will reach out to designers and artists. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can make something look nice, but to make it look really wow, and when people are pay, paying for custom, they need wow, that's when I reach out to um, the designers to help me with, you know, colors and, and um, good layouts and good graphics and, and things like that. Yeah. And from a development standpoint, are you spending most of your day doing code or what, what, what does your day look like in your, you run your own company, is that right? Yes. Yes. Uh, My day is more, um, more front end really design and and layout and thinking about the information flow and, and the, the interface and the experience, but I'm not afraid to jump into code if something's not working right. Um, you know, I'll, I'll write CSS if I want something to be particular, because I usually do. <laughs> you know? I'm kind of a brat. The, that out of the box is never good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, perfectionism is, is, a, is a virtue and a curse, I think, right? <laughs> yes. Sally, <laughs> so, let me ask you this. As you were getting through the courses on Treehouse and starting to get into WordPress, how did that come about as a, as a career? Or did you somebody say, hey, you know, can you help me make a website? Or did you say to yourself, I could probably make some money on this? How did, uh, how did the, bulk, little, the growth of your business come about? A little of both. It was, uh, I was doing uh, kind of side work uh, through uh, one of the freelance sites and just trying to build up my skills and build a little portfolio and things like that. And I was working sure. in, this is my last real job. <laughs> was with a uh, large inter, uh, nationwide company and in admin and I was just really frustrated with the culture there and um, and the lack of opportunity that would be there for me uh, you know some people absolutely thrived in it I did not <laughs> and um, you know, I was talking with uh, someone about it and, and she said, well, this is what we've chosen. And that was a huge eye opener for me because I thought, wow, that sounds limiting, but it's actually not because that means you can unchoose it. Yeah. Choose something. So new. I did. <laughs> yeah, so wow. I did. And, and, uh, talked with my husband and we looked at, you know, what's what and who's who and, and, um, said, yeah, I can, I can do that. So I can leave that and, and start, a whole new uh, business and a whole new career. So I did. That's actually kind of, I explain on my website the uh, evolution of the name of my mm-hmm. company. It's uh, Blue Orchid Web, Web Development. Uh, blue because like 80% of the world, my favorite color is blue. And the orchid because I realized uh, there's a saying that it, even an orchid growing in the wrong place is a weed. <laughs> So I realized I, w- I was an orchid trying to be in the roses <laughs> and, and it just, it wasn't ever going to fit. So it, it's, you know, if you're, if you're an orchid, be an orchid. Don't try to be anything else. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> if you're a rose, love- be a rose. Don't try to be anything else. 
I, you've piqued my interest. How long between we've chosen to be here, where mm-hmm. this is what we've chosen, mm-hmm. and starting what became Blue Orchid Web Development? Uh, months. Just a few months. Wow, that's quick. Yeah. <laughs> Were you at all um, hesitant in terms of working for yourself? Not, not just from a financial standpoint. I know yeah. you said you talked about that with your husband, but yeah. that's a huge lifestyle change and time management and all of that kind of thing. How did that transition go for you? Also, just running a business, bookkeeping <laughs> and getting business and all those things. How, how did that transition go for you? Uh, The transition was all right. I had actually, um, several years ago, I had another business that was uh, providing um, outsource admin work for local businesses. So I had a little bit of experience with that. I hope this time I did it better. You know, you try to learn from things you do in the past. Yep, sure. uh, The the transition this time has been a lot easier. The, The general environment in the world for freelancers is a lot better than it used to be with the increases in uh, technology and the ability to communicate with one another. It's just so much more open and, and, and there's so many more tools than there used to be. Yeah. And it sounds like also your background had some sort of operational, uh, as you described it, sort of you were the IT person and probably many other people in that job. So you probably had a handle a bit on multitasking and doing all kinds of things to make to make a business run. So I imagine that you pulled in that experience to run your own business too. I did. I'm, I'm very much a, a process thinker and um, I've heard people, people say you're either strategic or you're tactical. I'm very tactical. Um, you know, I can just usually figure out how to get things done and, and what needs to happen and in what order. And, and it, it's kind of the same as laying out the, the, flow of information on a website. You know, how, how do I need someone to move through this information or how can they move through easily to get what they need out of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I spend a lot of time, I kind of can't turn it off. Uh, <laughs> My family calls me a, a compulsive planner. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I, I've been accused of that. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a good transition uh, into me asking you some questions about, not just about your work, but sort of about you and your life and your family. You said that you are a recent empty nester. Yes. And how is that adjustment going? It's pretty great, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, it was hard, of course. Our daughter um, lives in another town here in Illinois. She's a teacher. And then our son lives in another state. Um, and he, he's uh, in working with a, a, in a business. And um, you know, it was, it was sad to see them go, but at the same time, I thought, okay, this means we, we did it right. <laughs> you know, yeah. This is what's supposed to happen. And, and they're happy and successful, and that's really all you can ask for. And now we're, we're just free to do whatever we want, you know, and it's, it's pretty great. We had, it's only been a, a few months, that, uh, a couple of months, really, since our son moved out. So we're still trying to figure out, hey, what do we want to do next? Where do we want to go? What do we want yeah, to see? <laughs> you can open your mind a little bit. Yeah. You you said a you said a a ding ding word in there, which is success. You talked about your kids being successful, so you know we like to talk about success. So yeah. I'm going to ask you about success and what how you define it. So your children are successful. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you yeah. define that for them? For you, what does that mean? Uh, are they and and I am I happy in what I'm doing? 
and it's can can I pay my bills? You know that's important. Um, <clears throat> am I uh, free to choose what I want to do? That that feels like to me the the biggest success is you have freedom to choose what you want to do, either personally or professionally. Um, and the biggest thing for me is is can I make something better? Can I make something better for some? Can I make a process better? Can I make someone else more successful in what they're trying to do? It's can, you know, can I provide an improvement somewhere? Yeah, that's that's a good definition. Do you think that if you look back on your your previous career, do you think that you would have defined it differently? Um, you said I I asked that because you talk about freedom to choose, and you mentioned this sort of light bulb that went off in your last mm -hmm. job where you realized that you had the freedom to choose. So I'm just wondering how you would have maybe defined success before you realized that. Uh, actually, probably still the same way. Uh, one thing that uh, will frustrate me is if I know we can improve something and I'm not able or allowed to do it. That that will frustrate me a lot. So uh, just just being able to see that something can be improved or how it needs to be improved and, and being able to do that is, is a huge success. Do you run into that much with your current business or is that thinking more back to past jobs and careers? I don't run into the frustration aspect. Usually it's I'm, I'm presented with a challenge and now I'm free to think about the best ways to uh, meet that challenge and, and accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, I, I joke with people that if people in the general public knew how much time developers spend Googling things, <laughs> they might think we don't know anything, but you know, the truth is we know where to look for what we're trying to do. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And, and, and what to use and not use when you find things as yeah. well. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. You, you defined yourself as a planner. What, what, what are some things, or maybe the most important thing that you do, or some things that you do every day towards this idea, this definition of success? Uh, the most important thing I do is, is uh, spend time in, in meditation and prayer because that um, kind of centers me. I, I tend to get a little wound up about things, <laughs> a little anxious, and, and uh, so that, that brings it down to, okay, I don't have to solve everything right now, and, and everything's not on me, and, and things will happen as they're supposed to happen. So that's the first thing I do. Then I um, look at my calendar, and I do that the night before and in the, in the morning of, and, and think about what needs to be done today, what needs to be done on Wednesday, what needs to be done next week, and, and plan out the steps on that and, and try not to overload myself with things that all have to be done on Wednesday. <laughs> right, yeah, do you, so you approach short term each night and each morning you review what you've got and then you also look at your week ahead and, and then how about bigger picture stuff? Bigger picture stuff, I, um, if I know about it ahead of time, it goes on the calendar. I, it, Ever since my children were little, if it wasn't on the calendar, it doesn't exist. <laughs> you know? So it, it, it has to be on the calendar. That's the planner. That's the planner. Yep. Yeah. And then so I think try to think about you know, how long things take, and then you, know, you always add another 20% at least on that because <laughs> things go wrong. And um, so I think about by um, 
the end of next year, I want to have X amount of income or I want to be able to do certain things. I want to be able to um, pay for my own insurance, and, you know, for example, or I want to be able to buy a new computer and monitor by this point. So I have goals and I have steps that I need to reach those goals. How, does, how long does your night before and morning of review of calendar last? Because that's something we hear a fair number of people do. And, and I kind of, but at the same token, we hear a lot of people say they're so busy and they overload themselves. And I got to the end of the day and I did one thing. How does, how does that look? I mean, aside from just opening up the calendar and say, oh, yeah, I got to call the client tomorrow. I've got lunch here at this place and I've got to launch the site on Friday. So I need to get these three tasks about that. What is, what is that night before that evening before process look like for you? One of my favorite things to do is check things off the to-do list. And I use uh, the Todoist program to do that because then I can put everything personal and professional on one list. And I do have uh, recurring tasks that I do every day. That, that review actually is one of them. And so I sit down and I try throughout the day as I accomplish things to check them off. But I sit down and, and look at, okay, what got accomplished? Um, it's almost like a bullet journal approach without doing a bullet journal. So what things are no longer important? What things need to be done tomorrow what can be pushed off <clears throat> you know but then I, I, I take it takes oh, maybe a maximum of 20 minutes really thinking about that and then in the morning since I've done that it's just kind of the um, oh I'm coming out of the fog and I'm having some coffee and yes I need to do that first <laughs> yeah I think that's a good process I've been doing that for a while as well and I find it very helpful um, things don't slip through quite as often. They still do somehow. I don't know how that is, but they still do. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, since you both do this. A work week is roughly four, five days. Yeah. Out of the five, on average, how many nights before are you doing that 20-minute review process? Are you five for five most weeks? Are you four for five, three for five? And I'm not saying it to try to put you on the spot and make you look bad. I'm just kind of wondering <laughs> about the, the process and the flow and how easy it is it to find time at the end of the day? Because that's what I really struggle with, to do something at the end of the day when family's coming in, family responsibilities are taking over, that kind of stuff. I, it's generally six days, because I'll start Sunday evening for what's happening on Monday. And um, if, I, if I've been faithful in doing it at the end of the day, Friday, that Sunday evening is pretty easy to do. It's just the reminder of, okay, this is the mindset I need to have. These are the things I need to do. I need to be out the door by eight, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so probably six nights a week. I, I try, the thing I do struggle with is ending the day because, you know, when, when you work from your home, it's the personal and professional blend together. Yeah. And so it, I have to very consciously say, no, I, it, it's six o'clock. I need to stop and eat <laughs> yeah well especially when you're an empty nester and you don't have you know yes. you don't have kids um to take care of and maybe right. you know maybe your husband's working or has other things going on it's a lot yeah. easier to come back i'll sometimes do that shutdown at 10 o'clock at night before i go to bed it's not yeah. really the end of my maybe i really stopped working working at six or seven mm -hmm. but i realized i hadn't done it so i will do that before i go to bed even if it takes me five minutes just to look at what i have 
mm-hmm. write it down in a little, I'm using a, a new journal called a Panda journal. Mm-hmm. And it not only does that, but it also has you in the morning, write down three things you're grateful for and three things you're excited about. And then at the end of the day, what your wins were. So it doesn't take me 20 minutes, though. You must be very thorough. I'm, I'm, I breeze through it pretty quickly. <laughs> that's, that's a good approach. And the 20 minutes is kind of a maximum. And sometimes it's because I'm uh, moving things into folders. I'm terrible about just putting things on my desktop. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it's, it's moving things into the folders where they need to be and, and uh, making notes for myself and, and things like that. Yeah. What is your biggest challenge, Sally? Uh, building clientele. I think like most freelancers, I think that's, that's the biggest challenge um, is building a clientele and uh, balancing out the new business with the ongoing business, um, creating those, those uh, constant revenue streams. It's, you know, it's the same challenges I think that everybody has. How are you currently doing business development? How are you bringing in new work, new clients? Uh, the best tool really is networking. Agreed. What does that look like for you? Uh, for me, I attend a uh, regular monthly meetup uh, that's WordPress focused here in the suburbs. I attend uh, another meetup that's uh, um, it's people that work in all facets of tech. So some are web developers and some are sysadmins and so many. So and the neat thing about that is we'll have a presentation once a month and maybe it's a not a tool that I especially use, but I usually get something out of it, some kind of process or way of thinking. And, and again, just building those relationships and, and building community. Even if I never work directly with that person, building that community, then um, when they're looking for someone or I'm looking for someone, we can communicate that way. And then I also belong to a uh, co-working and makerspace where, again, it's people from all different disciplines. And we all, it, it's become quite the little incubator. There are several of us that are small business people that um, have really grown our businesses by being in contact with our community. Sure. And how many days do you hit that co-working space? You mentioned working uh, at home sometimes. I try to get here at least three days a week. You know, some days I just want to uh, get up and pour some coffee and start working, especially if I've got a big project. You know, I just just start right away and then, you know, have to remind myself to take a minute and breathe and look at what I need to do and don't go off the rails. <laughs> but, yeah, I try to get here at least three days a week. Yeah, I've heard a lot about the uh, co-working space being a good um not just good for your own productivity and your own ability to sort of separate out your your day and your time, but also, like you said, to, to network. So um, are you finding clients at your uh, co-working space or ideas for clients or other networking opportunities through that? I have, actually. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. I'm going to um, make another jump and ask you another one of our <laughs> questions, and that's about advice, since you're sharing some advice with us, it seems oh. like. Um, so what would you say is, if you look back, some of the best advice that you've received and implemented in your life, whether for your business or for your personal life? Uh, it's, again, be true to yourself. You know, but be the orchid if you're the orchid. <laughs> don't, don't try to be something you're not. It will never, ever work. It will never, ever work. You, you have to, you know, if you're an introvert, don't try to be an extrovert and vice versa. If you're, um, 
if you're tactical, don't try to be strategic or the, in, and the other way around. You just don't have the tools. So be who you are and work with what you do best. If you do what you do best, you will be successful. I think that's a great, great bit of advice has become who you really are, isn't it? And it can be a challenge to figure out who we are, though, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Especially if you have people around you who want you to be like them because it's more comfortable. You're more comfortable with people who are like you. And so that, that's real hard to sometimes say, you know what? Yeah, that just doesn't fit for me. <laughs> yeah, it's also tempting, I think, sometimes to try to fit in. So Yes, definitely. Not, not just for the teenage children that you're telling them that they <laughs> yeah. don't have to, but I think in the adult world as well. And some of that imposter syndrome term that we hear all the time, I think is related to that idea of wanting to fit in or, you know, wanting to be, not wanting to be perceived as not knowing something or not fitting in. So that's a, a common thread through, throughout life. But re keeping in mind your advice is a good idea to keep yeah. in mind about who you truly are. I recently embraced the idea that it's, it's okay to say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It has to be okay to say, I don't know. As long as you follow it up with, I don't know, let's find out. Or I don't know, but this person over here does. So let's ask them. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. But I also love the, I don't know, and I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not to say that everything should be that, right? The client says, hey, can you do this? I don't know, and I don't care. No, but yeah. kind of on this finding yourself bigger picture issue. There are things about which we can, we just don't care about. It's not yeah. a priority for us to throw us off our, our, our track and, and get us to derail. I agree. I agree. You can't put your energy everywhere. So you have Absolutely. to put your energy where it's, it's important to you and where you can do something. Yeah. Hmm. I'm pondering. I'm, I have a question. I'm not sure where to. I'm not sure where to take this question. So, you mentioned something about um, always doing better, getting better. Remind me something about yeah. that. And making so, something better. Yeah. Making something better. Does that apply? How does that apply? I'm going to get really deep and maybe go off on a tangent. We don't have much time left. So sorry. Um, but how does that apply if you're tr if you're true to yourself? If you're if you're being true to yourself, but you're also seeking the best version of yourself does that mean that your true self is malleable like where does that trueness <laughs> fall where is that is it's that um this goes back to something i learned in manufacturing um i worked in lean manufacturing and so some of our audience will probably have heard of that before and it's a system of constant improvement yeah. so you make a change did it work Yes or no. Okay, great. If it worked, okay, great. Um, now, what's the next thing we can do to make things better? So being true to yourself is, you know, when you make that change, did that work? Is that really true to me? Or am I trying to be something I'm not? And if it did work, okay, did I do it well? Is that a skill I need to improve or not? Um, so it, it's just that constant examining of how do I make it better? You know, what, what can I do to make it big or small? How, what can I do to make this better? Yeah. And that requires a certain mindfulness, doesn't it? Sorry, Char, I stepped over you there. No, you didn't. I was just agreeing. And that <laughs> if we're asking ourselves, did that work? We have to be mindful of what we actually did, right? You know, yes. we're going to try harder this week. Sounds great on a Sunday evening, but 
right? What does what does try harder mean? Is that two extra to do items? Does that mean I'm going to focus more? I mean, how do you have to look at what's your purpose? What are you trying to accomplish? And is what you're doing um, serving that purpose? It, it's like being in a business. It's like being true to your uh, vision and mission. Is will these actions serve that mission, or is this off message? Yeah. Oh, I think when Liam and I talked about success, he had a very clear definition in in that in that uh, you know sort of approaching everything with love type of idea that mm -hmm. that ultimate overriding concept that you're talking about. I think I was thinking about if I'm true to myself, like, am I a bitch? <laughs> well, I just some days. Know. Yes, I am. <laughs> Or do I try not to be? I guess that's kind of where I would try going. not to be, but some days are just not good days. Emotions happen, Tara. Emotions happen. <laughs> but is that my true self? I don't know. Hopefully. But I think that you know what? It's not because it bothers you. So that's not your true self, and you know that. Yeah. And and I think, I mean, duh, I, I know you're being silly with that word. I get that. But it's really kind of unpacking is is that, is is what about, when you're being cantankerous, is that, is it, is it, you know, is it because you're mad or is it because, you know, uh, as we've seen with Serena Williams, you're being forceful and direct in a way that culture and society doesn't always appreciate yeah. or respect or, you know, what, what is happening and what is the challenge? And does that sit within something that you Tara or me, Liam or Sally in her own world, needs to work on to get better at, or is it something that as a group we need to work and change society? And I think that's where things like mindfulness and re and asking ourselves question into Sally's point, is this working, is it not? Right. Did we, did we change? And I think that's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's does this bother me because I'm being a brat about it or does it bother me because it's actually wrong? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Thank you for going down that deep sort of philosophical path with me. He sparked. Oh, sure. Yeah. I appreciate the I appreciate the conversation very much. It's definitely been a good hallway hallway chat that we have to wrap up, I think, now mm -hmm. on that very deep philosophical note. Mm -hmm. So everyone listening can can go off pondering who their true self is. So well, that was good questioning, yeah, Tara Clays. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> Well done. Deep. Well, Sally inspired me. So, oh. so where can people find the true Sally Gradle online? People can find the true Sally Gradle um, at, uh, on Twitter. I'm at just Sal because I'm just me. <laughs> on uh, My website is Blue Orchid website. And um, yeah, those are probably the best two ways to find me. Great. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Yeah, thanks for sharing your story and all your thoughts. Really do appreciate it, Sally. Oh, glad to be here. It's great to meet you. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, Ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.